will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You. The only podcast to both have milk and know the precise location of the beef. And if you would like to know such things or, or more, why not ask us by coming along to hauntedphonograph.com and asking anonymously on our internet web form on the internet superhighway. Alternatively, you can write to us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com. Answering your questions tonight, I, of course, am Roger Hart, who is still not fully electrified, but the authorities have been notified. Clary Maguire, keeper of the talisman. The talisman knows its own. It does. And, of course, Temerity Crumpsell, once voted most memorable mouthfeel in their high school yearbook. Hello. Hello. Our question. It pertains to sleep. So, sometimes it is a struggle to get out of bed. Actually, most of the time. Weekend or weekday, it doesn't seem to matter. Alarm goes off at 7.30. I'm lucky if I'm out of bed two hours later. It's really starting to impact on my day-to-day life, and is actually stopping me from doing things I want to do. It also makes me feel really groggy. I've done all the usual things, multiple alarms, etc., but nothing seems to work. Please help. With love. Sleepyhead. Well. Temerity Crumpsell. Okay, well, firstly, you're not alone. Lots of people struggle with sleep in one way or another. And I'm sure if you've mentioned it to anyone you know with half a brain, they'll have given you all of the usual tedious nonsense about avoiding caffeine even in the mornings, not drinking alcohol, not using screens late at night, setting a regular alarm even on your days off, and making sure you're in bed at a sensible hour, tucked up with a warm glass of milk and a mounting sense of horror at how your life has panned out. The truth of the matter is that most people hate getting up in the morning and almost everyone who doesn't is a psychopath. But what if I told you there was a way you could arrange your life so that you only have to do the actual getting up on time once a week? Yeah, that's right, once a fucking week. You'd probably think I was some kind of amazing genius superhero, but actually, it's incredibly straightforward. The average job requires you to do 37 and a half hours of work per week. I suggest that you simply get up early every Monday, whether you want to or not, and do it all at once, leaving you with five whole days of blessed freedom where you can sleep to your heart's content and doze in, and it'll be fine because you'll have as much time as you need. Now, at first, this might seem like a tricky fix, but I've done some rigorous, rigorous internet-based research, and I can assure you that remaining conscious and functional for the best part of two days straight is the very backbone of the NHS, and hardly anyone dies as a result of a junior doctor being on the verge of hallucinating from lack of sleep. I found many people online who claim to be able to remain wakeful and usefully employed for around 36 hours on the trot without the need for any particularly extreme recourse. So they, they, suggestions include 
eating small meals regularly to keep your blood sugar stable, avoiding sweets and fizzy sodas because they can lead to sudden spikes of energy followed by a big crash, and only using caffeine at the tail end of this admittedly monumental and unpleasant working day, I've suggested. Whenever you have a government-mandated break, it's advisable that you take a quick power nap. If you can keep it short, um, you should be able to recharge a bit without having any problems coming round again afterwards, even if you are someone who, who usually struggles with that sort of thing. Um, and make sure that you keep hydrated. Um, dehydration can be a major source of tiredness, and in the modern world, most people are dehydrated most of the time. Uh, you can hack your environment as well. Why not borrow a trick from casinos? Um, they remove all forms of natural lighting and clocks from their establishment so that gamblers aren't distracted from all the fun they're having by little things like dawn breaking or needing to pick up the children from school. Um, you can use this technique to confuse your body about the passage of time. Pounding repetitive music will also help keep your energy levels up and will also blot out the sounds of the dawn chorus or colleagues leaving the office to spend time with their loved ones. If these tips don't help, there's always medicinal assistance. Um, many of the so-called study drugs used by panic students and professional gamers, uh, drugs like modafinil, started life as treatments for narcolepsy. And so they have a primary effect of enhancing wakefulness. Uh, many people have reportedly used this drug or similar drugs to stay awake for long periods without the loss of cognitive faculties or occasional psychotic episodes connected with more recreational stimulants like crystal meth and amphetamine. Doctors will tell you that taking them without medical advice is potentially dangerous, but what do they know? They're probably all in the pocket of big sleep, taking backhanders from the makers of Ovaltine and Coldplay records. Those same doctors will tell you that staying awake two days out of seven is likely to have consequences, but they're forever changing their mind on these things. One minute eggs are bad for you, the next minute you should be putting four eggs a day up your bottom to prevent pancreatic cancer. They keep telling me I should have two days without booze a week to remain healthy, so who's to say they won't start saying the same thing about sleep next week? Follow these simple steps and you may still have difficulty getting out of bed, but at least it'll only matter one day out of seven. Okay, some solid, some solid advice there, I think. I think. Um... I've gone a little bit more introspective, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think about getting up is one of those things where, yes, yes, it's hard. No one wants to. It, if I won't do something for myself, it's often because I basically don't care. There are no stakes and there are no consequences. I find this at work a bit um, where every now and then something is so achingly unfulfilling and so self-evidently pointless that why the fuck would you do it? And the answer is from a kind of stick point of view, because if you don't, you don't get paid. But from a carrot point of view, it's kind of because you're engaged in a sort of collaborative enterprise with other people and you'll you'll do a nice thing and happy smiles on the faces of the orphans with diseases or whatever the fuck it is. But um, th 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 there's the thing. I, I tend to help myself along by either setting deadlines or building accountability. Um, at the at the sharp end, accountability leads to consequences, and that builds stress. But at the, at the weak end, it sort of leads to collaboration and a feeling of mutual responsibility. And in something like agile software development, this is super important. You have things like daily stand-ups where everyone says, "Yesterday I did this. Today I'm doing this. Here's what I'm blocked by. Here's here's how it's going." And you all have a bit of a love in, and you're like, "Hey, we're all doing this shit together. And what can I do to help you?" And 
if I don't do this, then you won't be able to do that, and yada yada, hugs and cuddles and bollocks. Fine. So a good way of doing something that is fundamentally unmotivating or basically pointless, or that you just fucking can't be asked with, like getting up in the morning to survive under capitalism, is to have lateral accountability, to have a degree of all in it together. I'm not just delivering for me, I'm delivering for you and for a collective us relationship with your peers. Okay. Sounds kind of creepy, is kind of creepy. It's totally sucking up the narrative of work being good. I appreciate I am the bad guy in this transaction. But if we're trying to hack your brain, then we're going to have to do the bad guy a little bit. So how do you build lateral team-based accountability that will help you get out of bed? Um, deadlines, the other option, aren't working. We've talked about multiple alarms. So yeah, clearly it's time to have other people need you to deliver something and you to need them to deliver something and to make it a collaborative project. That will force you out of bed. It will force you to be and do a thing. Now, you probably don't want to start booking a bunch of work meetings for 8 a.m. just after your alarm. Um, a, let's still leave your run up at the morning, brush your teeth, have some coffee, get your shit together, have a wank before work, whatever it is that you do. Um, or maybe you're not working or you're working for yourself or you're working sufficiently flexibly that this whole concept isn't quite germane. It's fine. We, we don't really need to do that. Let's not pull your work forward to the morning. What we're going to do instead is we're going to find something that's both demanding and collaborative, but sufficiently time flexible that you can kind of create that demand on your time. You can create that accountability pull whenever you need it. And it would help if it was fun as well, so that you don't need to kind of resent it too much. And, and here's where, where one of the great things of the modern age comes into the fore, which is the, the indefatigable maxim that any sufficiently advanced hobby is indistinguishable from a job. Which is to say, you're going to play MMOs. Massively multiplayer, online games, the hobby that is the most indistinguishable from a job. Um, any collaborative game, really, like if you want to get out and about, you could play Pokemon Go or Ingress. These, these um, are mobile apps where you either collect, collect imaginary dogs and make them fight, or you fight imaginary aliens based on landmarks. Um, they have fixed times where you need to meet people. This concept of raiding that happens in multiplayer online games or multiplayer mobile games, where you get together with a bunch of people in order to solve a problem and then you go the fuck your own way. It's transitory, but it's also interpersonal. Often MMOs, online games will have guilds or kind of organizations. They'll have places where you can create interpersonal accountability. You might find nourishing personal relationships there. It could be nice. Or you can just like come together, do the thing, and ignore each other. It really doesn't matter. Um, and, and yes, you'll develop crippling addictions, but clearly you've already got problems, so whatever. Now, uh, and, and the nice thing about this being gaming is that it's it's accessible from home. So something like Pokemon Go or Ingress, you can go out and about, access it from your phone. But um, something like World of Warcraft, for example, or which which is the one of the things we're going to concentrate on, uh, you can just do from your PC. And 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 in this, if you're not familiar with it, you play a character in a fantasy landscape. You could be I don't know, some kind of ninja panda or a giant elf or some kind of troll, and you'll you'll wander through a fantasy world doing things and leveling up and doing RPG things. You'll fetch the wizard's slippers, but in order to fetch the wizard's slippers, you'll have to talk to the goblin, but in order to talk to the goblin, he won't talk to you unless you find the magic key, and you have to find the magic key, which means you have to get it out of the dragon's ass, which means you have to go and become a qualified dragon vet. And you get the idea, you've got chain quests, and it's tremendously complicated. And eventually you get the wizard's slippers and you level up. 
And by the time you've fetched enough slippers for enough wizards, you will reach a sufficiently high level that you will be able to go on raids, which is this concept where you assemble a team of multiple participants who will together go and fight a really, really fucking large dragon or find a really, really hard to find pair of slippers for a really, really angry wizard. And um, you, you, will, you will do this thing. And you will do it together and you will build this brilliant sense of mutual accountability because there will need to be, I don't know, the person who has plus five in smelling feet aroma to get the slippers, but then the slippers are guarded by a goblin, so there's going to be someone that's got like plus ten in goblin tickling, but then the goblin slaps you, so it'll be someone who's got plus eight in slap healing. It, it, it's all a kind of a, a, a magical interplay of different types of, of sort of function. So everyone needs to be there together to participate. And it's notionally elective, but you'll build this sense of accountability. You'll build this lateral accountability where you've all got to come together to do the thing. And because it's online, because it's kind of essentially fungible, um, you can schedule a raid for the time you need to get up, and you will feel this accountability to get the fuck out of bed and do it. Problem, slight problem, very, very slight, is that um, if you happen to have a decent laptop, you can probably play this from in bed. So we're going to need to kind of look at some behavioral modifications there. Maybe you'll need a gaming PC, but that's fine, because by the time you spend enough time with these assholes, you'll believe you need one. Um, and it, it, it'll, it'll probably all shake out. There's casual stuff, like, say, Splatoon. But yeah, fundamentally, if you if you get super into MMOs and raiding, anything with raiding, then you will probably be able to build mutual accountability to the point where you feel you have to go and be in a place and do the thing. But it won't be your job. It'll be notionally fun. And you'll have been in this for so long that you've forgotten that it isn't really fun anymore and it's become an obligation. Now, if you've already played MMOs, particularly if you've already played World of Warcraft, then you are going to need to knock it up. And I'm very sorry to say this, I don't like to say this, but if you if, if you if if you are questioner are already playing World of Warcraft and it's still not getting out of bed in the morning, you are going to need to go right the way up to the daddy of all faux obligation time sinks, and you are going to have to play Eve Online. Eve Online is sort of like having five jobs at once, but they're all a spreadsheet, and you pretend it's fun because it's theoretically in space. And Clary. What from you? If fatigue has made you snappy, and you would wake refreshed and happy, make your sleep, make your blackout time a pleasure, reach for continuous airway pressure. Continuous airway pressure. CPAP, as it's called on the streets. The new machine, which is sweeping the nation over the last 11 years or so, treating, I was about to say the modern plague, but the perennial plague. If you go back through the Bible or Bhagavad Gita, really any kind of ancient communal text, there is almost certainly references to this horrifying disease suffered by so many people. There's probably all these all these couplets about, oh, when his snores were like oxen, and when he slept, he woke up covered in sweat. Anyway, what I am talking about here is sleep apnea. A disease? It's not really a disease. I keep calling it a disease. It's a condition suffered by 
I would say the majority of the population of the Western world. I'm not sure what the studies say, but I, I, I have a job that involves maths, so I think that makes me a scientist. So science says that this disease is suffered by the majority of the Western world. It's a condition where the soft tissues in your neck are, are they're just a, a little bit too soft. And what happens is you go to bed, you go off to sleep, you you relax, you know, maybe maybe you're one of those people who who can go off to sleep at click at the, the the flick of a metaphorical switch. Maybe you're someone who has to sit there thinking about nice things. Maybe you uh you you, you think about how you're going to go through the next day in a pleasant way or you think about what you would do if you won the lottery or you uh visualize some kind of uh nanotech healing you from toe slowly traveling up to the top of your head and that relaxes your body and you go to sleep maybe you listen to the very good podcast sleep with me in which an american man tells a long rambling story in a, a quite gentle reassuring way and you fall to sleep with that whichever way you get to sleep we're assuming you're asleep however your neck isn't or well actually no that's the exact opposite to the problem the problem is that your neck is too asleep the soft tissues flabby and indolent with modern living don't really let enough air in and what happens is they block your nighttime oxygen flow causing you to a snore and b wake up slightly multiple times through the night now maybe you're saying to yourself but uh Barry, firstly, you're not a doctor, no matter how much math is a part of your job. And secondly, I don't snore or wake up during the night. Now, my response to that would be, balls, do you not? your life partner or flatmate or pets or houseplants are merely too polite to tell you snore everyone snores everyone has sleep apnea and secondly you weren't listening earlier when i said that sleep apnea means you wake up slightly and aren't really aware of it so you wouldn't fucking know if you'd woken up. Anyway, you've definitely got sleep apnea because everyone's got sleep apnea, which is good. It's actually quite a good illness to have because the NHS loves sleep apnea. Sleep apnea, they get you in there, they give you a machine that costs them like 200 quid, and it's like a fairy spell. You put it, it, it looks a little bit like if you remember Star Wars, 
if you remember, there was a robot in Star Wars who looked a little bit like C-3PO, except he was it was kind of blue-gray iron color, and he had a see-through tummy, and he had a mask and a tube coming out of his face. And it looks a little bit like that, except completely different, because it's an actual thing. If you imagine that the C-3PO blue-gray see-through tummy robot and a late 90s, early 2000 CD player of the type you might, the cheap type you get from Argos, the type you might keep in your kitchen. If you imagine they had a baby, and then that baby had to be put to use amongst society, that's a CPAP machine. And what they do is you go to the doctors, you say, oh my god, I cannot get up in the fucking morning. I've got so much stuff I want to do. It's terrible. And the doctor will beam at you. The doctor, you will hear in the background the orgasm music out of Young Frankenstein. And you'll think to yourself, oh, oh god, that's, that's a really good film, but that bit is a bit problematic. And while this is happening, the doctor will say, are you okay? Because you've just been staring into the distance like not listening to me and you will say oh yeah sorry i was thinking about how in young frankenstein it's really funny but there's that whole bit where it implies that it's fine if women get raped as long as the person in question's got a big cock and is good at sex and he'll say oh yeah i remember that that was pretty problematic as well anyway we've only got 15 minutes because of the nhs so can i just tell you about sleep apnea and what he will say to you it's if you have sleep apnea which everyone does They'll send you on an appointment to the sleep clinic, the nearest sleep clinic. The nearest sleep clinic will give you a machine. You wear that machine over your nose or over your mouth and nose. There's a wide variety of masks. You'll feel like a knob end, but you will have the best night's sleep you've ever had in your life. You will realize that you have been wandering around in a fog for God knows how many years. And you will realize that that thing which you thought was just normal, of it being difficult to get out of bed in the morning, is not actually normal. It's just culturally normal. It's actually not a thing that you should physically be doing. I'm making the assumption here, uh, you, you didn't mention in your letter that, that you were feeling depressed or that you had anything else going on, so I'm assuming that you're, you're otherwise fine. And if you're otherwise fine, you genuinely probably do have some degree of sleep apnea. And if you have even the, the slightest degree of sleep apnea, the doctor will treat it. So go to the doctors. There's no real punchline to this. Go to the doctors. Say, oh, I think uh, I've been snoring. I've been having trouble getting up in the morning. Uh, they'll get you tested for sleep apnea. It's a little thing, a clip that goes on your finger. You sleep overnight with the clip on your finger. Then you get a second appointment and they give you a mask. And once you've got the mask, you will genuinely, in, in, in two or three days, notice an amazing difference and you will just be able to get up in the morning. There's no, there's no comedy punchline to this. Get tested for sleep apnea. Transform your life. Well, and there you have it. Advice to jolt you from your slumbers and launch you at the day like a lubricated moose from a circus cannon. Yeah. Yes, quite. <laughs>
And if you would like to be jolted from our slick, slick cannon, you can get in touch at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com or by contacting us anonymously at our new home, Haunted Phonograph, also at the dot com. Ta-ta!